He has been forever patient with me. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about how patient he is with me and you. He is so patient. He is so patient, 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 patient because he is so good. He is so good. He is so good. He is so good. And there is purpose to his patience. And uh, come with me to 2 Peter 3. Do you like that illustration? The clock's ticking, but he's waiting. And there's a tension there. And we're going to look at it today in the scripture, 2 Peter 3 verses 8. But he's so patient with us. Who's been enjoying the last few weeks on just us unpacking the goodness of God and the greatness of who he is? That, you know, he's our peace. He's faithful to us. He's literally our life. Last week I said he is the God that defeated death, so there's no death in Christ. So when we die, we don't die. We live forever. Jesus promised that. He said, Martha, do you believe this? And she said, yes, Lord, I believe it. He said, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and they are the God of the living and they are alive and well in another eternal sphere with me. That alone is enough to get you doing handstands and cartwheels if I could do them. My daughters can, I try to do it and it just doesn't look good. (laughs) And it hurts. (laughs) They end up on their feet, dad ends up on the floor and it's just not a good look. But um, I talked about how God is the God of our impossible. So the things that look impossible to us, the physical things we're faced with look impossible. He's the God of them, our impossible, so he can align things. But ultimately, no matter what happens, he's aligned it anyway in eternity. So even though what we go through here now may be hard, if we have a glimpse of where we're going, it makes it and has meaning towards it. So he's, he's dealt with everything. Everything is already done. And he's so patient because he wants us to come into what has already been done. How many people struggle to be patient? How many of us get frustrated? If you have kids, you'll be frustrated. You're married, you'll be frustrated. You're in any sort of relationship, you'll be frustrated. Because they just don't do it when you're supposed to do it the way you're supposed to do it, do they? (laughs) And everyone said, Amen. (laughs) I don't think God was frustrated. I think God was passionately compassionate. And we can mistake that for frustration. But he is love. And he doesn't get frustrated with us. He's passionately compassionate to see us come into the fullness of what he has for us. And it says here in 2 Peter 3, 8, it says, But do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness but is patient toward you, us, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to 
repentance. He's not slow as some may think he's slow. He's holding back. He's holding back. Why? Because he wants not one individual to perish. The context is his return. So he's not slow in coming back because he wants to give the world enough opportunity, 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 opportunity to turn, to bow the knee and to walk towards him. Ultimate love. He is not slow. He's long-suffering. He's patient in the hope that mankind would come to know. Is that phenomenal or what? Especially when I want things tomorrow. Madeline, why haven't you grown up yet, yet matured to understand A, B and C? Why are we still dealing with the same thing? And frustration sets in and anger sometimes comes out and words come out that aren't healthy. I know no one will know what we're talking about. But God seems to have this capacity within him to continue to love and be patient and be patient and be patient. Greg, I've been so patient with you, son. When you said, if I, if I got you out of that jam at the age of 19 and you said you would follow me and you didn't and I came through, I was still patient with you for the next time you cried out and the next time and the next time and the next time. Son, you promised me five times if I got you out of the situation you were in because of your pride and your ego and your stubbornness that you would turn and you would follow me and Greg didn't. But God was still patient with Greg. Why? Because God loves Greg. And God loves you and I. And because he is love, he is patient. See, people pray for patience. Pray for love. We're praying for the wrong thing. Love is patient. If you have love, Christ, you will be patient. Because God embodies everything. And He is so good and so patient with us. For He longs no man, woman or child to perish and spend their eternity in the lake of fire. But what about the church? Because you can read that message and go, that's purely for people that don't know Him. But what about the church coming into the fullness of her inheritance? So although the church may not, will not face, if we're truly the church face, an eternal judgment away from the Lord, there is a judgment seat for reward. God is so patient with you and I that you and I would come into the fullness of the life that he died for us to have, yes? And he's so patient, God has been so patient with me. When I thought it was all about reaching lost people, he was so patient with me to say, son, it is not. It is about loving me with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and loving others like I love them. And from that position now going into the world, because that's the position my son was in, so patient after message, after message, after message of preaching, let's go and reach lost people and driving the church to reach lost people. 
tiring the church out. Until one day he grabbed me by the back of my collar from love and said, son, turn around and let's have a discussion. I said, no, I'm doing okay. He says, no, you're doing okay, but there's some things you need to work on. He was so patient, long-suffering. And he is the same with you and I because there is so much of us to come into that we don't know today. And because we don't know, we don't even have a hunger to know. And so he waits and he longs and he sits and his hand is not long, is not too short and he sits and he waits and says, I wonder if today will be the day, Greg, that you turn. There's something in you, you've heard something in a message and you'll turn and your head will go from off you and your stuff and onto me. And you'll turn aside and see why that bush isn't burning anymore. Because that's not logical. And he's so patient with us. There is purpose to his patience. Because he longs to see you and I inherit the fullness of what we've been called to inherit. Now and the future. Amen? Do you know that we have been chosen to be priests? Do you know that? Now we can know about it, but do you have a deep-rooted conviction in your spirit that you were hand-selected to be a priest for the living God? Not just you, the people of God. A royal priesthood set apart unto the Lord a priesthood that would minister to the Lord. Priests ministered to the Lord, didn't they? And then they ministered to the people. A priesthood of the order of Melchizedek, which is not an order of the Aaronic, however you say that, Aaron line, Aaronic line, Aaronic line. So it's got nothing to do with bloodline. It's a spiritual priesthood. It's not running around with dog collars. Man cannot forgive man. How we ever got there is beyond me, but we did, and we have, and we continue to, don't we? Do you know why? Because we don't know him. We don't know him. And he is so patient that we would come to know him, that we would come into the fullness of truth and the fullness of life and be set apart from everything of the world and minister to him and him alone and then minister to people in the world. And you know what? He's holding back and he's waiting. He is not slow. And he's saying, my people, my people, if my people would turn to me and pray, I will heal their land, my people. It's always been about God and his people. And his people have always gone to and walked away and gone to and walked away. It's the whole story, isn't it? We go, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes. Man, that would be confusing. And God is so long-suffering and patient. Why? So you and I have the opportunity while we breathe air to receive what he has for us as a body. First, not as individuals. Not God, show me my plan for my life. 
Father, what is your purpose for the church outworked on the earth? I want to know about that. He says, that's a prayer I respond to. And I've been waiting. Tick, 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 tick. I've been waiting for one person to turn. What does the Bible say? He looks to and fro above the earth for one person, a people who are wholeheartedly his. So there is purpose behind the patience and it's so you and I can discover who we are. Are we ready? Are we being made ready? Patience, purpose, participation. Patience, purpose, participation. He's phenomenal. The amount of times, guys, that I've said one thing, done another. It should have broken covenant with him. It should have broken, but he says, no, no. Nothing. And he waited, and he waited, and he waited nine years while I went round and round and round. I got it sussed. I know what I'm doing. Help! I know I got it sussed. I know what I'm doing. Help! Weird kind of having it all together. And what I've discovered, and I have a deep-rooted conviction of, is God is very patient with me, with you, for the reason of you and I coming into the fullness of life in him. So my point today is he is forever patient with us so we can mature into the people he calls us to be. I think that's there somewhere, Michael. I think you love the word forever. He is forever patient with us so we can mature into the people he calls us to be. We've been chosen to be something. What's our identity in? Is it in knowing that we are called to be priests? Or is it in your looks? Is it in a person? Is it in property? Is it in finances? Is it in a sports game, team, ability? Is our true identity in Christ? And he's being patient and patient for that to be birthed within us. Why, Greg? Because when we truly know who we've been called and chosen to be, we can live from that new reality. And our lives will naturally flow from the identity in which we know. That's why the true knowledge of God in you is so important to your transformational life. And once again, like I shared yesterday morning at a leadership breakfast, the problem is the church knows a lot about Jesus Christ. We struggle to know of Jesus Christ. We have all this factual information, technically correct, 
it's just not living and active in us. So it really doesn't change us and our lives look the same year after year after year after year. But the truth, the true knowledge of God, Jesus Christ the person, will change you and set you free on a completely different direction. I am a priest and I live as a priest and I offer spiritual sacrifices now unto the Lord, which is myself. Because that is the act of worship, Romans 12 too. Not singing songs and doing kumbaya, as much as I love that. That's an expression of my love, but true biblical worship is the laying down of Greg Simnor, picking up his cross and following the Messiah. And Greg Simnor stays there forever. And that's what Paul teaches us, that's what Jesus teaches us. But that can only be a reality when we come into a true knowledge of God. And God is once again forever patient, waiting and waiting and calling and calling. Miracles are a call to get to know a person. They are not the end. And yet we all want signs and wonders. Giftings are not there as an end. They're a call to a person. But we all want, what's in my gift? Flag knowing the person, just give me the gift. Why? Because I've got an insatiable religious itch to do something for you. Do you know what that needs to happen to that irresistible, irresistible, insatiable religious itch? This. That's what needs to happen to that. And let him redefine it because that'll get you in trouble. That happens, that'll bring you life. And he's so patient. And he waits, and he waits, and he waits, and he calls. And at times, and I won't do this because the mic is on. And then he whispers. And then the silence. And he looks and he's patient. And all of heaven waits. He's not slow. He's holding back. So we can turn. Because like I said last week, repentance is a complete lifestyle for every follower in Jesus Christ. If you think it's a one-off event when you committed your life, you've been hoodwinked. It's a process of a life of a follower to continue to stay on the process of having your mind renewed by the power of the Holy Spirit so you're able to live the life we've been chosen to live. And God is patient and patient and patient till that process happens. The sad thing is, for some it won't. Why, Greg? Because some people won't choose it. Followers. Just like some people who don't know Jesus don't choose Christ. Some Christians won't choose to follow him wholeheartedly and won't receive the inheritance. That's why there is a loss at the judgment seat of Christ for reward. But that doesn't mean he's not patient. And he doesn't get frustrated. And he doesn't punish. See, what we deserve, he doesn't give us. He gives us what we don't deserve. He gives us his son. And says, my son is going to stand in the way while you run around trying to live for you. 
and I'm being patient, hoping that at some point when you trip over enough of yourself, Greg, you're going to discover that you can't do it on your own. And then, Greg, you're going to turn to me while I've been patient forever, by the way, before you ever were, with a whole lot of million, billion other people before you and a whole lot of million people to come. Why? Because I'm looking for a holy nation, a consecrated people, a people unto me, a people of the order of Melchizedek, which is of the Spirit, that has no mother, no father, no brother, no sister. It is not of the flesh. And as I fill you with my true knowledge, that will anchor you from every lustful thing you have in your heart, every relationship that's not healthy for you, and it will unanchor you, lift you up, and plonk you into my eternal realm, and you'll be anchored into the eternal life. You want that? Then seek him with all your heart, and you'll find it. Because he is patient. There is a purpose to his patience and it is that you and I would actually realise what is written down for you and I. But you can only realise it through the power of revelation. We receive his living manner which brings understanding and now from understanding we live. But we don't try and study this in our own ability to understand this. Okay, hear what I'm saying? Meditate on this. Ask the Spirit of God to reveal because without the Spirit of God, you cannot understand this. You will come up with your version of this and this will lead you astray from God. But guess what? God will be forever patient, hoping that while you go on that dead-end track, He will continue to speak and send you people to lead you back to him. He may even intervene in your life through a supernatural act like he did mine by turning up with lights in a room at three o'clock in the morning. That's how far this dummy got away. But the arm of the Lord is not too short. And he's patient and he's patient and he waits and he waits He's the God that can wait four days when everyone's screaming, come and raise my brother from the dead. Why? Because he can. Why? Because he knows himself. And he knows he's got everything sorted. See, when you live from a higher plane and you can see the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end, you go, that's just a blip. Lazarus is actually not dead. He's up here with me. And all that's going to happen, because I'm a supernatural God and I'm so patient, I'm going to call him from there, back into there, and then you're going to see him again, have a conversation. Is that pretty cool? Why? Because there's no death in me. I can do whatever I want. This is the God we sing about. And if what I'm saying would be a deep conviction in our hearts through the seeking of the Lord, my, our lives would be radically different radically different and these are the lives that you and I have been chosen and called to live because he's so patient I remember learning to drive who's done that? learnt to drive me and the girls and and Danny uh, but it seems to be me and the girls we love Amazing Race and uh, we watch Amazing Race and Saturday afternoon comes and we... And we get there with our chippies, and there we go, you know. 
And I've been amazed, that, and this is not a dig at the Americans, but four of them couldn't drive a, a, a manual. You know, there's these guys, and they're like, a stick shift, they call it. You know, and it's like, and they had, they had to, these, these two guys who were, they were, you know, partners, and uh, they couldn't figure out how to drive it. So they had to get uh, a taxi to where they're going, but they needed their car for the next challenge. So they, they, they had a two-hour penalty and they got sent home. But it amazes me, you know, I'm watching these, they can't drive a stick shift, all automatics, obviously, in the States. But I remember, and, and as I was thinking about this message, that um, when I was 17, uh, my parents said, you know, you're not getting your license at 15 or 16. In fact, they said, we're going to wait till we think you're mature enough to get your license. And... Um, that was awesome. Thank you for that, Mum and Dad. And anyway, 17, and we had this Ford Sierra station wagon. And uh, it had a real touchy clutch. It was real sensitive. That's my excuse anyway. And uh, I remember uh, we were in um, living in Fielding at the time, but we'd come over to Palmerston North. And uh, Dad was with me. And um, we were out, and he's, you know, got the, the L plate on, and I'm doing this thing. And we came to these traffic lights at Church Road. And, uh, oh dear, yeah, it was like that. So we come in there and we're parked up and, you know, it's like, oh no, boom, 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 boom. And it's like, you know, it's going to turn green soon. There's all these cars behind me, okay? And the gig, he says, go. <coughs> Stall it. I'm like, oh, okay. Put it in neutral. Start it again. So, go. <coughs> Stop. My dad remained so calm. He was so patient. Started up again, son. We'd sort of bunny hopped about like a metre and a half. So it was sort of in, in the middle of the intersection now. By this stage, behind me and all these, well, you look this, you know, and I'm like, anyway, the lights changed. So we're sitting there. Okay? That's a story, I'll tell you. The lights changed green again. Clutch, you know, you know, you know, and gear feds, don't on the accelerator, leave the clutch out, not too much. Where we going? I'm like, by this time you can imagine, again, because the guy's been waiting already one set of lights. We go through two sets of lights. There was about six cars, is now one. So we're on to the third set of lights. By this stage, you can imagine, I'm like, I'm wild. Dad is patient. It's okay, son. It's okay. Just take your time. Don't worry about the guy behind you, you know. So we start, sure enough. As we do that, on the horn, I said, that's it. You get in the driver's seat. I'm going in the passenger seat. He says, okay. So I get out the car, okay. And I'm about this size. I was probably a bit bigger. And I'm wild. And the guy on the, behind me is like... <laughs> and because I'm like... Whoo, and all I was doing was going to go back in the passenger seat. <laughs> I wasn't going to... He takes one look. He's, whoo, 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 he's down the thing. <laughs> and me and Dad looked at each other and went, Oh, that was pretty funny, eh? <laughs> he saw these two lumps of lads getting out the car and he thought he was in trouble. Dad turns the car on, off we go. He was so patient with me. Now my mum, on the other hand, (laughs) 
bless her. She's listening to this. She listens to all my messages. Mum, you're not so patient. You want to hear this in field. I mean, we're in Palmy. Okay, now, now Palmy's not huge, but it's way bigger than fielding. So I ain't doing that in, field, in Palmy with my mum. So we'll do it in fielding. Me and my mum went out once. It lasted two minutes before she's screaming, you're on the wrong side of the road. What's the thing? What's that? The indicator? All that. Blah, blah, blah. I was a nervous wreck. I said, get out of the car. I'm not driving with you. Well, I don't want to drive with you anymore. Stick with your father. <laughs> None of us boys wanted mum, I tell you. She was useless when it came to driving. She's awesome in other areas. I love it a bit. But my dad was so patient and so patient. He didn't once raise his voice. He did not once tell us off. He did not once scream. He just stayed calm. And that's our Heavenly Father. He's just so patient because he longs for us to experience what it's like to drive a Ford Sierra without bunny hopping across the road. He longs for us to know what it is to know him. He longs what it is for us to experience his love. He longs for us to experience a peace that is not of this humanity, that's not of the flesh. He longs for us to experience a joy that is not determined by circumstance or situations, but determined by him. He longs for you and I to enter into his rest, that we live from rest and we stop ceasing from our works and enter into his rest, to live from his rest. Not from outside in, but from inside out. This is his heart for his children. And so he's patient and patient and long-suffering because there is a purpose towards his patience. Just come with me to John 14. And I want to show you just how patient he is with his disciples. John 14, verses 1. John 14, 1. And then we're going to look at till verse 9. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So once again, here we see Jesus preaching, preaching prophetically. He's declaring a future reality, isn't he? And he starts by saying, if you believe. Are you about to believe what I'm about to tell you? So, do you believe what I just told you of who you're called to be? And But when I say believe, there's a process between a casual head knowledge of belief or an intellectual knowledge of, yes, I believe it, Greg, and a deeply rooted conviction, which means now you'd look out that door completely living differently. Yeah. That's what he's talking about. When he says believe, he means a deeply rooted living conviction, which then turns. So when Peter is preaching after being baptized in the fire and the power of the Holy Spirit, and he preaches prophecy, what's already been written from the Old Testament, and he declares the living reality. 
the Bible says that some people in the crowd, when that word went out, their hearts were pierced. This is what I'm talking about. Your heart is pierced by the word of God, which causes you to say this, what do we now need to do? He said, repent. Turn. They said, yes. Bang, bang, bang. That's what I'm talking about when I say believe. That's what he's talking about when he says believe. Okay? Just to lay the framework and the foundation of the seriousness of what this is. Because a true conviction will completely turn you and point you in another direction. And the more and the more convictions keep you on that narrow path. Wide is the road to destruction. Narrow is the road to life. Many find the road to destruction. Few find the road to eternal life, eternity and an eternal life within. And this is the intensity that God is and the God is in his word. And so we see this picture and he says this to his disciples. Well, Thomas then replied this, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do we know the way? So Jesus says, you know where I'm going. Thomas says, we don't. Disconnect, yes? This is where the patience kicks in. Can you hear what I'm saying? Jesus declares a living reality for his disciples. One of his disciples says, well, you may say we know where you're going, but I'm telling you I ain't got a clue where you're going. And God's patience says, this is okay. And I'm going to be patient while I lead you into all truth. Alright, so let's keep reading. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So then he reinstates who he is again to these guys. He reminds them. See, love reminds. Love always goes where people are not of love can't go. Love always goes beyond. And he's like, guys, here we are again. So I'm going to remind you. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to tell you. I am the way. And I am the life. Oh, okay. Verse 7. If you had known me, this is Jesus, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you know me and have seen me. Or seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father. And it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, listen to this. Have I been so long with you and yet you have not come to know me, Philip? Do you think that's you and I? Maybe. Sort of. Some people are nodding. Some people are looking at me cross up. If you think that's not you and I, then 
you need some serious repenting to do to find the truth. Because if you think you know all of God, then you really are God. And none of us are God. And the only way we can come to know him is if he actually reveals himself within us. For the Son is the only one who knows the Father. And the Father is the only one who knows the Son. And to whom the Son wills to reveal the Father. So there is an ongoing knowledge of God that is required that the Spirit of God leads, John fourteen sixteen. that the Spirit has been given to lead the church into all truth. And what backs that is the patience of the Father. I'm so patient because I'm standing in front of you and you can't even see me. That'd be like me going, where's Kirk gone? And Kirk's like going... And I'm going, Mal, have you seen Kurt lately? Yeah, he's right beside me. I'm going, no, he's not. The seat's empty. If you've seen me, you've seen my father. Have I been with you so long? And yet, you still don't know me. Meaning intimacy, gnosko. It's related, the word is to intercourse. That's how intimate it is. And Jesus must be sitting there going, wow, okay. But I know the Spirit's coming. I know the plan beginning from the end. I've seen it. I created it. I was at the beginning. I was in the Old Testament. I'm in the New Testament. I'm here now and I'm returning because all things have come through me. And because I can see, you know what I can do? I have the love and the grace and the mercy and the patience and the kindness and the gentleness to restore these people, my people, that tell me, and I'm trying to teach them, they still can't see who I am. So I'm going to be long-suffering and patient until they turn and their eyes are opened. The eyes of their heart are opened. That's why Paul is on his face before heaven and earth praying every day that the eyes of the heart of the church would be opened in what? Who can tell me? The knowledge of him. And he's patient. And he's patient. And he's patient. And he's patient. How come Philip couldn't see who was right in front of him? How come Philip couldn't hear what Jesus just said? How come Philip is so blinded to the reality that is right in front of him? It's God's patience towards us that enables us the time to come into all he has for us. And my hope, guys, is that we would not think lightly of his patience. Like I said the other week, that we wouldn't think lightly of his kindness. It is there for a purpose. And if we don't have a revelation of it, we will think lightly of it and we won't understand it and our lives will look exactly the same year after year, after year, after year, struggling with the same stuff over and over and over and over because we think lightly of God ultimately. Why? Because we do not know him. We are exactly like Philip. 
And we are all in this together. That's the good news. There is no one outside of what I just said. We are all in the mire together. But in the mire, at the same time, being in his family. Can you hear that? So we're in this mess together. And God says, it's okay because I'm sending my spirit to lead you out of the mess together. And I've given certain gifts to the church to help serve the church, to build the church up, not to pull it down. But as you, as you figure that out and you work together and you submit to me and my ways, then you will all come into the fullness of life in me. Unity of the faith. The full knowledge of God. Just two of what Ephesians 4 promises the church. The full stature of the measure of Christ, which is the bride. Unbelievable promises in this book for you and I. And God is patient. And he sits on his throne like this, having a beer. And he looks. And one day is like a thousand, and a thousand is like one day. And he's not slow in his promise. And he longs, and he looks on this side, and he sees all people that don't know him. They haven't yet turned. And his heart breaks. And he looks on this side, and he sees the church that know him a little bit, maybe have prayed a prayer, and some do, and some are just as lost as these people. And the only thing that's covering them is the blood of the Lamb. Apart from that, they live for themselves, do their own thing, and my purpose and my plan is not being outworked on the earth. But he stays patient. He doesn't get frustrated. He doesn't get angry. He doesn't send fire down from heaven like the disciples were trying to do. They were a little bit short of patience. (laughs) Just a little bit short that day. Just a little bit. And Almighty God sits. He says, it's okay, son, we're going to sit here. And my spirit is drawing all those of the spirit. And this will be outworked. And although none of them know who are going and who aren't and all that stuff, I'm going to be patient and wait. And my hope is that these people to our left who don't know me would come to know me. I know those that won't because I know all things. And I hope over this side, the church, that she will turn and be the demonstration of us for these people over here because they do know of me and are coming to know me and they have not thought lightly of my, our patience. And so there is a work being produced within them by the power and the fire of the Spirit because they are hungry for me. You see, the Bible says we must come to God like a child. In fact, if you don't come like a child, you will not enter into the kingdom of God. Matthew eleven twenty five. And he says this, before he says that, he actually says, you know, well, part of it, he says, you know, I've, I've hidden my truth from the intelligent and the wise. All those people that are trying to figure it out in their intellect, which I've given, but it's distorted. And it needs to be renewed back to original design. 
all those people that are trying to come to know me through flesh and blood, the agency of humanity, who are not, I've hidden it from them to humble mankind. That mankind must come to me like a child comes to its parents with faith, assurance, trust, conviction, absoluteness of knowing that yes, when I jump off my bed, my father will catch me. So I have no fear and I just jump. So we must come like that before the father, Jesus said, like a child. And then he says this, know this, Greg, that I'm the one that reveals the Father because I'm the only one who knows the Father. And the Father is the only one who knows the Son and to whom the Son wills to reveal the Father. Now come to me and I will give you rest. Take of me and give me what you have and I will do an exchange with you through the power of the Spirit because now you've come, Greg, in absolute humility, in absolute dependency, on your face before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords before love. And I want to receive. But if you come with arrogance and pride and a knowing all thing, you will not receive, even though you are my son. And he is patient and patient and he sits and he speaks and he waits. Father, I pray that you would minister to us and have been ministering to us through your word, Father. Spirit of God, I thank you and I love you. And I thank you that you've been sent by Jesus and the Father to fulfill the purpose that you were sent to lead us into all truth. I thank you that you are patient with us. For love is patient. And because it's first, it embodies all the other ones. Lord, it's first on the list of love for a reason that we can experience all the other things and then model what it looks like. So God, today we again, we bow before you. We kneel before you. We come boldly and with faith and with passion and obedience. We don't shrink back, but we come full on from our spirit into your presence because we know you love us. We know there is nothing that separates us from you. Even when our behaviour doesn't align and our thinking stinks, it doesn't matter because you want to be in relationship and you're patient so you can change us. So God, I pray today, if any one of us thinks lightly of your kindness and your patience, I pray that you would put a new deposit of truth in that heart and mind today, which would spin that person out of apathy and into passionate life in you. And Lord, I pray for the church. I pray for everyone here today, this family that you're building here at the Rock, the Rock family, your family. You're building us into one of one spirit, one mind, one purpose, one love, into the presence of Almighty God, Jesus Christ, preparing us for a wedding day and an arraigning with you for a thousand years. I thank you that we are surrendering our lives to this process. And Lord, we're all at different stages. And Lord, I pray that each person would take ownership and responsibility for their walk and say yes. And empower and fill us with your power to continue to say yes, Lord. 
So I pray that we would receive today what's been said. Receive the living conviction. Holy Spirit, illuminate and grow the church. Grow her to all she's called to be. We ask this in Jesus, his name. Amen.